Come every year, don't come at all. You leave your peace in on, that's your call. It never paid to be merciful. Come every year, don't come at all. Come every year, don't come at all. Welcome in, it is episode number 220 of Jobbing Out. I am Glenn Clark. He is Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Good to have you with us for episode number 20. Big episode on the way, we we think. We we think maybe it's going to be a big episode on the way. We're pretty sure, as a Ring of Honor invades Baltimore this weekend, we're pretty sure we're talking to Roderick Strong. Mr. Ring of Honor himself, right. Roderick Strong. So we're pretty sure about that. We think maybe we might also have a former WWE superstar and pop culture phenomenon joining the program this week. Although, <laughs> I am not hedging my bets. Um, I'd love to give the background on all this, but I, I kind of want to wait and find out if he comes on or not right. before we do. Right. We'll, we'll leave it as a surprise. Well, actually, it won't be a surprise if you're listening to this podcast right, right. now. But it, We are scheduled to hear from Virgil in the second segment of the show this week. Now, I set this one up. <laughs> And normally Aaron's in charge of setting everything up. I set this one up. I reached out to Virgil. I said, hey, man, you know, I see you're doing the GoFundMe. I see you're doing a Reddit AMA. You're, uh, somebody's doing a documentary, it looks like, about him. He did that thing for SI the other day. I'm like, would you want to come on and talk about all this stuff? And he responds back something along the lines of, um, how much? Oh, yeah, he said. I was, was going to say, wait a second. For, for all you listeners, what do you think came out of Virgil's mouth? <laughs> Virgil said back, how much does it pay? Now, um, to peel the curtain back here, there are places where they will pay you to do an interview. Not many. There's not many places. It's got to be a very high profile. If we're going to pay you to do an interview, it better be like you know, Paris Hilton the day after she got arrested or something like that. Like That's what you're paying for. You do not pay for an interview with Virgil. What you do is you offer him the opportunity to promote the other things that he's trying to do to make money, if you want to come on and promote them, more people find out about them, great. So the response back to Virgil was, this one will not be paying. It will give you an opportunity to promote these other things that you're trying to do to make money. The response that I got back from Virgil was, wish I could, man. <laughs> All the best. So I said, all right, well, we're not getting Virgil. Like I messaged Aaron. I said, hey, look, you know, I, I ran it up the flagpole. It's just not happening. We taped this week on Thursday. Very late Wednesday night, I suddenly have a message from Virgil. Hey, man, we doing this? <laughs> Which I said back. Wait a second. I thought we weren't doing it because I'm not paying you. And I said back, hey, man, we can do this. And then he sends me a list of things that he wants to talk about. And they are <laughs> wild. We'll probably hit on a few of those yeah, things. We'll t- oh, we'll touch on them. There's no doubt. And I said back, all right, you know, I, I laughed about it, but I said, all right, I, I sent it on to Aaron. I said, here's a list of things that Virgil wants to talk about. But you know what? What the hell? Like, sure, good, good to go. Uh, you got the number. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you this afternoon. I get this message back from Virgil. You gonna donate to the GoFundMe? <laughs> <laughs> Which is essentially the same as what I had, we had handled before, where he asked if this was going to be paid. Right. It's the exact same thing. The GoFundMe is not for Virgil's charity. It it's just for Virgil. And, so, and it's not one of those GoFundMe where it's like, okay, donate five bucks, you get a picture of me. No, it's Go just, please give me money. money. 
So I've given you the entire background. Now you know everything about Virgil. He is slated to call in for the second segment of today's show. So we're going to prepare as if that's what we're doing. We're talking to Virgil in the second segment of today's show. But it might very well be that you come back and you find out there is no second segment of this week's show. Uh, so that's that's the deal. Roderick Strong, however, we later have, on. Roderick Strong got plenty of real wrestling to talk about. Yes. And maybe Virgil. Yeah, and maybe <laughs> Virgil. All right. So um, big weekend, obviously, as it was pay-per-view for the WWE. Battleground was Sunday night. And uh, normally we sort of look back on Raw. But when there's a week that there's also a pay-per-view, we kind of combine the two together. It's like last Sunday and Monday night. It's brought to you by WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate.com. Aaron, when did, do you know when you're getting your next, uh, your next shipment, your next package? Oh, once it, today's the 23rd. It should be shipping out this weekend, Ooh. which means I should be getting it sometime next Ooh. week, which makes me very excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a bunch of freebies. I mean, it's, I'd say, you know, you gotta pay well, for your subscription. Freebies, right. But it's worth the money. It's worth, it's very much worth the money. It's a care package. You, uh, packages start at $15 a month. 10% less if you use the code, j- the code, the old code. The old, uh, like, like Cody Bryant. Um, if you use the code, J-O sent me, J-O sent me, 10% less. And it's got everything. It's got wrestling goodies like Mattel, Funko, Fathead, Tops, so much more. DVDs, autographed memorabilia, all thrown into your care package. Whatever you pay for your individual package, and there's different levels, whatever you pay, your package will meet that value. It will exceed that value, that's the cool thing about WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate.com and use that code J-O sent me. You got a smile on your face. That was weird. Oh, now I was just looking back at the virtual email. <laughs> it is the, the weirdest. All right, if he doesn't come on, we promise we will read you the list of things that he said he wanted to address on this on this show. If he comes on, you'll know because we'll address them with him. <laughs> All right, so Saturday, uh, Sunday night battleground, Monday night rock. The obviously the headliner, the the big story of the weekend was the return of the Undertaker, which we discussed last week was floated out as a possibility. It it seemed logical enough. It gives WWE a way to use Brock Lesnar without having to put him continue to keep him in the mm-hmm. title picture, uh, knowing that he's not going to be around particularly often. There's a lot of sense in in bringing back Undertaker. Now, let me be nitpicky for a second. Okay. All right, be nitpicky. It is so unacceptable to me to ever have a main event match at a pay-per-view that you don't have a finish for. And I look, I get it. Again, this is pro wrestling. You suspend belief. I understand all of those things. I, I hate. I know that you can't have Seth Rollins pin Brock Lesnar. Correct. That's your right. your and, situation. And that's the thing. You can't have Seth Rollins Correct. pin Brock Lesnar. You have to have Lillian just say. The winner of this match so, as the result of a countout was Brock Lesnar. So, so your problem is the fact that the ref and Seth Rollins disappeared. They just, they, they just, they literally disappeared entirely. You sold this event on this match. Correct. And then in the middle of the match, the match no longer mattered. I, that, I'll, agree, I'll agree with you that it was a little, but I also understand it because you want your final shot. Shot to be the Undertaker. You, I un- you don't want to hear Lillian I, saying I, anything. I understand all those things. I think you can choreograph that better that that you can have a ref ring a bell when The Undertaker yeah, I, gets involved. I, I think you should and, have at least seen uh, Undertaker pick up Brock Lesnar off of the pin or something along right, this line. And, right. And instead of just having to disappear. I will agree with you there. Uh, I heard a lot of people complaining that it was a non-finish. 
In this case, I think that it's a perfectly logical non-fit as far as a – I think here's – you know, here's the other problem I have. If you can't have Seth Rollins pin Brock Lesnar, I don't think you can have that match. And I think that's what I'm coming back to. But you I had to have the match. But you had you, to have the But match. the problem is you don't really accomplish anything. You still have this thing that exists but, between but, – But you had to just, – just to move but my, my, move Lesnar to Undertaker, you I, had to have I don't think it had to happen now. I think there could have been another thing that you could have done with Brock Lesnar, whether that's Roman Reigns, whatever it is. I think you could have done something else with Brock Lesnar. I don't think you have to have Brock Lesnar at Battleground, frankly. I think this could have happened. Brock Lesnar could have challenged but, Seth Rollins. But they wanted – oh, are, are you saying he comes back on Monday? Right. He challenges him and Undertaker says we have unfinished business. Correct. I think there's a lot of things you can do. I just – I think if you have such a problem with one guy pinning another guy, right. you can't have him in the match. You just can't do it. Or you, I, you're going to have to have Brock – I just don't think that you can do it the way that you did it. I think that there has to be some respect for you can't sell me something for a month and then say it never mattered. You, you just can't do that to me. It doesn't accomplish anything between Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. They still never had a finish. Correct. Now, somebody would say, hey, that means that we can do this all again in, in eight months, and that's really what the WWE right. wants. Okay, that's fine. But again, you got to play with me as if the storylines matter. And if the storylines matter at all, if anything I'm watching matters, then you if you're going to go this route, you got to tie it up somehow. See, my, my defense to that would be that, you know, even if you do that, we are conditioned now. It used to be, you know, when we had four big pay-per-views, you would build a match and that would, you know, the pay-per-views would be the blow-off. Right. The way that we have it now is that, for the most part, a lot, you know, a lot of matches on a giving, on a given pay-per-view aren't blow-offs. And that's just kind of what we have here is that this is setting it up. So you had to have that. The first thing that Lesnar did when he came back had to have been Rollins. The way he departed, the way he was livid at Rollins for, you know, running away. At, I hear you. At the, so the first thing you had to do, you had to have that match. But, again, you don't necessarily want to wrap it up there. You don't want to put the title on Lesnar. Rollins, you know, he doesn't win cleanly. That's fine. So you ha- you come up with a way where the storyline is still ongoing. This didn't wrap up, as we said, this didn't wrap up anything. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I I don't think it's a bad thing if you can continue it with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. You can't. I think – well, not immediately, but it's still hanging there. I, that's I, the thing. I, I, I'm more than okay with yeah. people having multiple storylines. I, I hear what you're saying. I think that there's so much involved with that that I – here, let me give you a couple thoughts, right? One, why couldn't you have had Seth drop the title to Sheamus at the last pay-per-view and no, – Because Seth is too good uh, – because – well, A, because then you have – you know, he wasn't necessarily going after Rollins. He was going after the title. Mm. He, he, he was going after the title. You keep, you keep, and AJ kept going back to this. He's been wanting the title. He's been. They only sort of brought up the title at any point. They sort, yeah, Paul Heyman would sort of throw it in there like, this is what we're doing. Well, it but, was but way that, more about that, Seth Rollins. But it's that he stole the title from him. Yeah, it, but it, it was. It's, it's the focus was on Seth Rollins, but the focus was on Seth Rollins as the champion who stole the belt from me. Okay, that's fine, but it was way more about Seth Rollins than it was about the belt. Only because he had the belt. Then why does he care so little about the belt now? He, That's my point. My point is, if your argument is that it was about the belt, then you have to continue going after the belt. Well, but it was never about the belt. Hold on, hold on. No, he doesn't because he knows Undertaker's going. You know, Undertaker is there, and all of a sudden there's the obstacle there, so he has to get past Undertaker because Undertaker. You don't is have going, to. You're Brock Lesnar. You Bro- didn't. Yeah, and then he's going to show up and gong and screw you over again. I mean, you're Brock Lesnar. 
Well, it didn't work. Apparently. Well, this is what this comes to my other he's, problem. He's going head to head with This them. comes to my other huge problem, which is the part where we're supposed to sit around and pretend like the Undertaker doesn't still look like a disaster. Well, to be and fair, he looks a lot better than he did. You're going to try to tell me that, uh, dude? He did not look. Well, to be good. fair, to be fair, he's he look, he's looked terrible the past few times we've seen him. So by te- saying he looks, yeah, by better, default, right? He almost looks better by default. You're right. It's a problem that we're supposed to build them as. You know, the last some sort of him, equals. Yeah, and you know, part of it plays into the fact that you know every feud with the Undertaker for the past five years we've had to buy into. There was the a mis- big difference between the Undertaker at forty-four wrestling. Well, sure, a Shawn Michaels well, who was that wasn't even Shawn Michaels. He was forty-five, forty-six when he was wrestling Shawn Michaels. Okay, and again, yeah. and Shawn Michaels was up there, and it's a huge right. difference between that right. and your most your the biggest monster in WWE history, right. the most indestructible right. force ever facing a 50-year-old. Right. And we're all supposed to just pretend like this is a thing that can happen. I mean, to be fair, they've done, you know, on Monday, they did their best. They did their, the brawl was phenomenal because what it did is it kept the physicality out of it between the two of them. There was a little bit at the beginning, right? There was a little bit and, and, they they were able to throw other guys It reeks of, they're gonna have to do, stake this match somehow. There's no way that Undertaker can really put on a great match with Brock Lesnar at 50. There's no chance of that. I, I don't know that it, it's it's going to be hard. It's, here's what I'm going to say: It's going to be hard to for Brock to wrestle the su- style he's the Suplex City style. Right. That's going to be hard. So Brock is going to have to tone down the Suplex City. Then what's the point of having Brock there? First of all, the Suplex City nonsense has only been going on his past two matches. But it's still that he's supposed to be a monster. He is. Can How he are a, you? you can, he was a monster without suplexing a guy I, 20 okay, times. Okay, fine. Before. So you don't have 20 suplexes. Right. This is, the, this is a 50-year-old that you're talking about. Okay. A 50-year-old that you're going to have Brock rip from limb to limb? I mean, you had Triple H in the Hell in a Cell. Not that, you know. Triple was H physical. wasn't 50. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Triple H. You know, throwing Undertaker around in their series. Oh, that was a few years ago. That was two years ago. Is it really only two years ago? Two years ago. Wow, that's hard to believe. Yeah. Is it really only two years ago? That was WrestleMania. No, it was three years ago. Oh, you're right. It's three years ago. Yeah. Okay, three years ago. It was three years ago. Okay, well, well, two years ago he was flying around putting on a great match with CM Punk. You know, and granted I know that it was a different type of match. Obviously it wasn't as physical against CM Punk. But, you know, that was only two years ago that we saw Undertaker put on another, if not a five-star match, a very high-quality match similar to the one that he had against Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So, you know, it's hard to say for sure that Undertaker can't go anymore. We don't know that. You know, he got injured against Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt was injured. So we, we haven't seen him Dude, wrestle. he just doesn't look good. He just doesn't. He didn't look good against CM Punk either, to be fair. That's when he started looking really bad. Yeah, was, you're right. That was, was and, and he put on a very, very good match. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was fine. It, if, that was a very good match. Uh, I'm still uncomfortable with that. I'm uncomfortable with saying it was very good. Look, I, I don't know why, because that, that was a very, very good it match. It was uh, – uh, you're going to keep trying to drag that out of me, and you're not going to get it from me. Here's my point. My point is this, that this to me – and I'm, I understand it's logical. Like, there's a logical – for kids, for mm-hmm. oh, it's the Undertaker, and, and and to make SummerSlam truly feel like a mini that's, WrestleMania. That's the big thing for them. Yeah. For me, I don't like. This is what you have. You have Brock Lesnar for how many matches a year? Uh, however many, five. Something you know, like maybe yeah. six. What, we don't know, but yeah. And one of them is going to be spent on. You, you've already spent your first one on a non-finish. Yes. 
your second one's going to be spent on wrestling a 50-year-old. At the same time, it's, you know... The biggest performer in the company. The most important name you have access to. Yes. And your first two matches for him this time around are going to be a non-finish and a 50-year-old. Well, that 50-year-old is going to sell more tickets than anybody else he could wrestle. Okay. More more pay-per-view buys. No, I I disagree with that. Uh, I don't know why. I disagree with that. I don't know why. No, because, I mean, you could have uh, Brock Lesnar face The Rock. You know what I mean? Well, like, okay, fine. You know what I mean? Like, but you're not getting The Rock. Well, you're saying that. I didn't know you were getting The Undertaker until recently, right? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's he's off filming somewhere. So I mean, maybe. <laughs> we're not, you're not getting The Rock. Out of the people who you could pos- plausibly get him to wrestle, this is about as big as you can get. As, as big of a match as you can get. I guess it's just disappointing to me that we don't get to see him... I like the idea of Brock Lesnar helping you advance your storylines and putting guys over. I like that. That's, to me, the way that you use, you use Brock Lesnar. You're not getting that. And you really, for the last two years, haven't. You okay. haven't. But I, that, that's partially because of his contract, because we assume that he is going away after some Well, he's definitely going to go away. So we can't, you know, but this we couldn't can't build be, him into a This couldn't line. be the moment for someone. Here's the problem, right? You have Brock Lesnar dance this dance with Seth Rollins. What has Seth Rollins gotten out of this? How have you helped Seth Rollins in any way? By now having him twice involved with Brock Lesnar. How is he any better for it? Um, well, twice, you mean? Because he got to be involved in a triple threat, quote unquote, and now because of Battleground. How is he better for his interactions with Brock Lesnar? Um, I think that, well, this is actually the third, if you go back to the Royal Rumble with that. Oh, right, yeah, absolutely, third. I I think that he does look a lot more, you know, obviously this match didn't do him any favors, but you look at those first two, I think the first two matches, you know, that Royal Rumble. I think the Royal Rumble match did the most of any of them, right? I mean, that, that was the one where you're just like, oh. Seth Rollins, potential legitimate main eventer. That was the moment when you could say, I can see the title. Then why wouldn't you go re- have let, let him have a fucking match with Brock Lesnar? If that's really what you're trying to sell, is that Seth Rollins is legitimate? Let him have a goddamn well, match no, with Brock well, that Lesnar. I, agree with. I, I think that the Suplex City thing has gone out of hand. I think, it's, I, I think that's part of the problem, I, sure. I, I think it's gone completely out of hand to the point where... Well, they're selling t-shirts. Okay. That's the answer. They're selling T-shirts. Selling He's got to do a million uh, suplexes because they're selling Suplex City T-shirts. Well, I, I think that's gone a little out of hand. Uh, I have no, but I have no problem with him not winning cleanly or not winning at all and keeping the title. Like I just, I, I that, don't. He is a heel, and that's what he's supposed I, to be. Doing. I understand that, but he he didn't look like a he didn't look slimy. He looked, looked what, well, and I agree with pathetic. You. I agree with you. I think this last match, I, I'm not completely. I don't know if that was the right way to go. My, my my point is, you've got Brock Lesnar to help your guys, yeah. and who's helped by it? Name, you know, who has really been – the most compelling argument you made is that the, the um, Royal Rumble match yes. really helped Seth Rollins. Yes. So that's and what I, you've accomplished. I, I, and I think the WrestleMania match really helped Roman Reigns. Uh, I, I think it did. I think – I don't know, man. I, I think it helped him. I think, you know, not only – you know, people started cheering again, but it wasn't just because he lost. It's because – you know, he found a guy he could go toe-to-toe with where he could do some of these big moves where it looked credible. It wasn't just him squashing a guy. And I, I think that match really helped Roman Reigns. Okay, then if that's your argument, then you should be able to do that with Brock Lesnar for somebody else. Um, but who's ready for that? Uh, I mean, you're, the one, you're the one saying that there are only a few people who are allowed to be in the ring with 
uh, Brock Lesnar. Well, I mean, they're they're only, no, I didn't say allowed to. I'm saying that there's only a couple of people that have have been put on that platform. Well, I I had said you know I had wanted Sheamus. Yeah, I'm Brock Lesnar. Obviously, had, vehemently opposed to Sheamus. Well, but you had you you were because you said he doesn't. You know, I I don't think you used the word deserve, but you said well, he I, no, I'm just vehemently level. opposed to Sheamus. Right, I know, I know. That's how I feel about Sheamus. Well, but the, when when you were saying it, it, it had nothing to do with it, is that he wasn't. On well, but level. I think that part of it is the way that I feel about Sheamus. Okay. I do. I think that part of the part of the problem well, is, but it's not just me. But I'm not saying that our truth should be in the match. No, I, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying that. Okay, so here's my argument, right? You he, can't argue that that people aren't on Brock Lesnar's level, and but he should be used to elevate people. Um, except for the fact that he can, right? Like, here's here's what I'll tell you. All right, um, I don't think I would have really wanted to see Brock Lesnar face Bray Wyatt, but I would prefer that to Brock Lesnar Undertaker. I I think that it is a I don't think you're helping Sheamus because I don't think there's anywhere to go with Sheamus. I think that Sheamus's story has been told. He is a, you know, next to main eventer, not really a main eventer, but he's in that next he, level, he's in that, Jericho that level. can that can really help you, but he'll never be as beloved. No, 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 as, no, no, no. But I, I'm saying as far as the the he can be in the main event and no one has an issue. Or in, right. in theory, no one has. But he's an issue never going to be the guy that sells you your tickets. He's no. never going to be the guy. He's just what he is. Correct. I don't think you can benefit him. I don't think you can let. He's just that guy. Right. That's his story. Right. I think there's a lot of guys whose stories aren't told. They're not. Okay. And while I don't think that they're on Brock Lesnar's level, right. My point being that if you if your argument is look what he did for Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, then my argument back I don't think he did that much for those guys. I just and I think that's what's disappointing. Ahead. If your argument's that's what he you know like look at how much he did for those guys. Right. Okay. All well and good. Why can't he do that for the next guy? Well, he can, but then you have people like you saying he's they're not on his level. Okay, but I'm saying that I'd still prefer that to the to the Undertaker. Okay. I just would. I would prefer you to the Undertaker's 100% not on Brock Lesnar's level. Let's just call it the way it is. Well, the under, see, you he, say but that. But he's not on anybody's level. The, the Undertaker. He exists on his own. Yes, and that's the thing. Is the Undertaker exists wherever you want the Undertaker to exist. He's not, you know, people, the, the other complaint people had was, oh, he's a heel. Well, no, Undertaker is the Undertaker. He's not a face. He's not a heel. He's not a main eventer. He's not a curtain jerker. Undertaker is the Undertaker, and, you know, it it's almost sounds uh, like a cop-out to say that, but he is different than every other wrestler on the planet right now. He is. He is the Undertaker. He is the legend. He is the phenom. And what he does doesn't impact the rest of the car. I, I don't – I just think it's it's done for me. I, I really do. I think it's done. I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily – as far as the match, I don't know how good it's going to be. As far as – it being a logical, perfectly logical main event for a SummerSlam event that they're looking, you know, their first th thought with this was they wanted to have it as an outdoor stadium. They wanted to have it possibly at MetLife, possibly right. not at MetLife, at Red Bull Arena, their MLS uh, outdoor stadium. They want SummerSlam to become mini WrestleMania. I, I, I understand all of that. And I'm, I'm, and I think is, the problem this is. This is a step in that but this direction. Is, the Undertaker still works at WrestleMania because the streak existed. Because WrestleMania, it's magic. We accept that there is something different about the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I do not feel the same way about the Undertaker at SummerSlam. I don't need it. I want I a think, good I wrestling think, show. I think you are. I'm not going to say alone because you're not alone. I'm definitely you're, not alone. You're, you're, I think you're in a minority in that. I, th I don't know that I'm as much in the minority as you think that I am. I think that there are a lot of people who are very excited to see The Undertaker for a night. Yes. And then that kind of excitement goes away. Well, um, it's the notion that he's back, like, oh, I'm so glad he's back. And then after he's back, you sort of say to yourself, like, well, get to the point. I mean, the interesting thing, 
he might be back more than we think. You think he's got a run in him? He's booked in Mexico for their Mexican tour. Okay, but he's done one-off tours before, like when they needed help in Europe. Right. They, I mean, he's filled now, in for... And, but they, they've done that in the past three, four years ago yeah. when he was almost a regular. You know, obviously the past few years he hasn't done No, that. no, he did the European tour like two summers ago. Uh, like they needed somebody, something happened. That might have been CM Punk. The, Whatever it was, they, they the, lost somebody. That was somebody. After, the, after CM Punk, yeah. Well, when I, yeah, they lost somebody for that European tour, and they right. were in a bind, and he helped them out for that right. tour. But he's booked well in advance for it now. This Mexican tour is happening, like, end of September, and he's booked for okay. it. Okay, I mean... I, so I'm not saying that he's going to be I don't, a regular. I, I hope that's not the case. I, just, I, don't, I don't want it. <laughs> I mean, this is all due respect. I don't want to watch these I, guys... This is a final run, though. This is the thing. I, I truly believe WrestleMania 32 is it. I hope you're right. And I think that this is kind of, okay, we're going to get everything out of the, And I think that's part of it, is that, you know, there's a little bit... I think there are, were some people wondering, okay, why is, at WrestleMania this, why is uh, Undertaker going after Bray and just completely ignoring Brock Lesnar? There's unfinished business there. I think that this is kind of their way of like, okay, we need to get this out of the way because 32 is it. And we don't want that at 32. <sighs> Because he's got to win at 32. No, but just right, that you don't you don't want you don't want his last. match. I would think you, you can't have him win in his last match, right? Um, Jim Ross has been uh, had an interesting theory. I, I kind of like it. Is where basically he wrestles for the title against whoever it is, maybe John Cena, at uh, WrestleMania, and he wins and retires. I hate that. That sounds so awful to me. That's so bad. It's not you. You you put these guys down in their final match. You you prove why right. it is they can't do it any longer. I mean, and again, but it all depends on who it is. If Did you gonna let the Undertaker have that when you didn't give that for Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels? Come on, man. No, that's terrible. That's I, I, with all due respect to Jr. That's unthinkable to me. Like, if you want to rewrite all of wrestling history so that everybody wins in their final match and everybody gets that opportunity to do it, wrestling history says you go out on your you back. go out yes. on your back Correct. to put somebody else over. But here's the thing, he's not gonna put somebody else over. Then I've got it, then I don't want him there! Okay, but no, no one puts someone else over. Anymore. That's, now that's the mistake. That's, that's the I bigger mean, I problem. I mean, that's the thing, you're talking about all these retirement now. Right. You know, Shawn Michaels didn't put anybody, he put over The Undertaker. Like. I mean, that's fair. I, that's a problem that I have. Okay, I do, that's fine. I do have but, that problem. But, but this idea that, you know, Undertaker is going to go down to to put over uh, Dean Ambrose or something like that is ridiculous. Well, I don't think it should be Dean Ambrose. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, some people, I I remember, you know, some people are like, oh, well, Undertaker should drop the streak to, you know, some young up-and-comer or or these guys should be I don't know that it has, here's what I say, I don't think it has to be an up-and-comer. I think it can be, you know who I think would be perfect for this role is is Randy, because I think he could use one more moment, and it goes back to the legend killer I'd, thing. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have him lose to Cena or something. Why? I just, mainly because Randy Orton. What Seamus is to you, Randy Orton is to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's terrible to hear that. I, I am not a Randy Orton guy. I, I well, I'm not that I'm Randy Orton, a Randy I, Orton I, I, guy, I, I, but I, I think he's genuinely been one of the most important figures the WWE's had in the last 15 years. Okay, so is John Cena. <laughs> okay, that's fine. John Cena can only have so many of these moments. How many times can you do this with him? You'll never remember which one this one was. Uh, which which guy did he retire that time? Which guy did he beat? Well, here's and here's the other thing. We've never seen Cena Undertaker. I, but I don't need to. I want to. Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. It's not logical. I kind of want to see Cena uh, Undertaker at some point. God. Anyways. All right. So, um, so Seth Rollins retains the title, and he shows up on Monday night, sort of gloating, like, but in that, 
I I know what happened type of gloating way. You I, know? I loved it. I loved Yeah, it. I thought they handled it pretty appropriately. I, I, I loved how, how, how he told Lily and he's like, yeah, you can announce him when he fights but I'm champion. Right, correct. It was, it was pretty good. It was, it was solid. Um, and, and who comes out, but of course, our hero, our conqueror, fresh off three months of, of being non-threatening and winning back a little bit of uh, the fan base. Yep. Just gonna piss it all right back away. By throwing John Cena back into the main event, which speaks to what you're talking about, which is we badly want SummerSlam to come off as this massive event. So yep. we've got to have John and, Cena and in the title match. To, to be fair, to be perfectly fair to WWE, this is the match that makes sense. I, it, it, maybe. Because, you know, Seth Rollins has, you know, he's, yes, he's cheated, but, you know, he's, he's beaten Randy Orton. He's beaten Dean Ambrose. He escaped Brock Lesnar. He's, you know, Roman Reigns he beat in the Fatal 4-Way. You know, there's not, as far as, you know, John Cena's the last guy. I mean, I'd, I'd way rather see the Shield triple threat here well, than yes, I would. Well, yes, obviously, as, as from a viewer, from a I want to see a, a good thing, and from I can't believe that they've built up all this goodwill for John Cena only to, not not just the the timing of this, but in Brooklyn, you're going to have oh, this yeah. match. There's going to be a very anti-Cena is, crowd this, there. Like you're you're pissing away all this goodwill. Yep. So yep. from that sense, I'm like, uh, from a okay, this is perfectly logical sense. It, it is perfectly. I mean, I hear logical. you saying it's perfectly logical, but it's perfectly logical inside the WWE's world. Like the most right. the most logical thing. Th- this is, um, what's what's more logical is having a finish between Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar, right? So you take that away. Now what's most what's the next most logical thing, right? Okay, well the guys he's been feuding with have been Dean Ambrose and and Roman right. Reigns, but you've essentially had him beat him every time. Now there's been a lot of you know, hanky panky in there. Right. But, there's been but a lot yeah, of that. But you know, it's just like a reflector. He beat them. It doesn't matter if there's been hanky panky. He beat them. It, it, except that it should. At some point, it should matter to those guys that like but you need to give me a one on one match. Like you need to. Dean Ambrose got it. Dean Ambrose got his. Randy fair. Orton got his. Uh, Randy Orton did get his. Though again, hanky panky. But he did lose one on one. Roman Reigns would be the guy, but Roman Reigns is busy with Bray Wyatt right now. But but again. Really? Yeah. Is he really busy with Bray Wyatt well, right now? Yes, he, he is. Really is he really? Yes, really. That's going to be probably, especially with all the rumors, what the makes, third build match on ugh, the card. What makes it make the most sense is that it's John Cena, and we need John Cena in an important place for our important show. It's, it's not even that. It's that okay. Let's say let's just, with what we have right now in place, where you know we knew that this this build with. Reigns and the Wyatt family was going to go through SummerSlam. Who else are you having in there? You'd have to go to someone like we were saying last week, someone like Triple H. Which, by the way, who was opposed to, to Seth I, Rollins, Triple H at I was, SummerSlam? I, I, I mean, you're, you're talking about things that don't matter. Triple H, Seth Rollins doesn't matter. I disagree because there's an, there is something there. It's a blood feud. It matters. Seth Rollins, John. a blood feud? Like, they, they've been kind of – Triple H has kind of been – Grumbly at him. There's no blood well, I, No, if there. they were going to do it, they should have played it up for the last month more. Oh, yeah. It was setting up as a blood feud, and then it just got abandoned. Right. It was it just they gave up on it because, again, for whatever reason, Triple H and Stephanie just don't want to be heels any longer. I mean, and I, I still think you can have it. I think honestly, it makes more sense to have Triple H after Cena because Cena is again like most people. Most people, unless you're, you're trying to play this out, 
does not consider Triple H a, a member of the roster that you have to beat and get through to, to keep your title. You know, whether or not he's actually going to be there. Well, it's, it's, I didn't like the idea of, of Seth Rollins and Triple H for the title. I didn't like that either. I didn't well, like. He's, yeah, he's too good as the champion. I have, I like him as the champion. I want him as champion. Okay, so, so we've learned about you. That's, that's what this is about. I think Seth Rollins is a fine champion. I think, I think he really is. But I do think that at some point your championship belt has to be on somebody who, like, actually defends it and, you know, is a little bit more than slimy. Why? I, because I think at some point the belt has to matter. Okay, so... But nobody's... No, you can't take Seth Rollins seriously as being the actual champion. Could you take Ric Flair seriously? Uh, like, this is Ric Flair. This is the Ric Flair playbook. It's not exactly... The, Ric Flair looks stronger at times this than Seth Rollins. This is the NWO How many Hogan times, playbook. This is the. I have to go back and think this, about that. And, and to be fair, Hogan went over a little bit more, but that was yeah. just because Hogan wanted to make himself. Honestly, Hogan shouldn't have. That was that he went over a little bit more, but again, a lot of it was the NWO got involved and helped him keep his championship. Okay, so this here's is what the heel champion. Here's what I. But then, be. no, no, no. Then here's what I'll say. Then you need to have him actually win a damn match against John Cena. He's got to okay. get something at some point. Okay. I know how this ends, Aaron. <laughs> You're the same guy that kept going on about how there is no way Kevin Owens was losing well, to, be fair, to John I, Cena I, I, in the third I match. That, yeah, but... uh-huh. bullshit. You kept telling me for weeks he's definitely he's not, not losing he... that match. I, why does he have the U.S. title if he's? I don't know, Aaron, because he's John Cena. There is nothing <laughs> that not... ever truly explains John Cena in I, professional wrestling. I don't wrestling. think Cena. I, I, I know I Stop. did before. Stop. I don't think Cena's you're gonna gonna you're gonna this. trap yourself. <laughs> is I John don't... Cena in the match? John Cena wins. Then, or then this makes no sense of John Cena. Or at best, at best, what they do is they have you know Seth realigns with the authority. The authority arrives again at SummerSlam. Yeah. They help Seth win. Yes. That's the best possible scenario, and that to me is a fail. At some point, if you're going to really do this with Seth, he's got to show himself why he's a deserving. And I don't care if it involves no. Here's you know, thing, you know what was great about Triple H. That he could do that stuff, but involved him using a sledgehammer. So it just made him look like a badass in the process. But that was the, and he also buried everybody in the process. I don't, and I'm he's not the saying guy, that, he's the guy who's destroying John, Rob John, Van Dam and John, Booker. John Cena cannot be buried. It is not humanly <laughs> I, possible. I understand that, but I'm saying if you want this guy to be going over all of your faces cleanly, I don't want him all of them. No, oh, no, no, no not like all of them. Match? At some point, he's got to do well, it. Well, he did. He did, he went over Dean he Ambrose got one. cleanly. He got one. Okay. Over the the least qualified of everyone that he's faced. But still, he's you know it's not like he's never going over cleanly. Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, this, this it's is pretty. Cl- he don't even have him win like a match on Raw every now and then, just to like look good. I mean, it'd be nice to have him look good. Well, first sometimes. of all, first of all, he looks great. With the exception of the Brock match, you know, whenever he cheats, he puts on a great match before doing it. So there's the credibility there from just the fact that he's wrestling 25 minute matches. It just happens to be that the finish is slimy. It's not like he's, uh, you know, cheating at every aspect of every match and, you know, he's, he's getting the DQs in five seconds here. He's putting on good matches. He's establishing his credibility as a wrestler. He just happens to finish the match off in a dirty way. All right. Uh, we need to take a break. All right. We, we think <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be joined by Virgil. Like, we genuinely believe that. Cool. Um, we still have a couple other things we need to touch on from, uh, I mean, maybe we don't need to. Maybe we could, we got five weeks until SummerSlam. We could probably wait on some of these things to All talk right. about them. But when we come back, we are scheduled to be joined by Virgil. By Virgil. Virgil. This is going to be weird. This is going to be weird. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. 
Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. In here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, and a Rolling Stone. Um, all right, so this consider this sort of like a fireside chat right now. All right, Aaron and I moments ago recorded an interview with former WWE star and current pop culture phenomenon. Virgil. Hey, don't forget his time in WCW as Vincent. That, that's a great point. He was also in WCW as Vincent. Um, we just spoke to him. I mean, literally just got off the phone with him. As we're talking to you, as this is, again, our fireside chat, the conversation happened, it r- concluded no more than ten minutes ago. We need to, uh, we're going to play the Tipper Gore role right now. 
We need to put the old parental discretion advisory on this one. It, it may be more than a parental discretion. It is more than a parental discretion advisory. Um, if you typically listen to the show with kids around, go ahead and – Either either put them to bed or skip the next Yeah, minutes. come back and listen to it another time. Or or, or, or just skip the segment and you know, we have right. plenty of wrestling we, left, left we, to go. We totally understand. We're not mad. I assure <laughs> you we're not mad. This is definitely not one for kids. And again, look, we've had other wrestlers cuss during interviews and things like that, and we just let it go because it was just one. Understand what it must take then for us to be giving you this preface to this kind. Understand, it was not one. (laughs) It was a lot. In fairness, I ended up joining the party. <laughs> you, you at absolutely one did. We, I, we, uh, we, we got dragged into an oof. interesting conversation uh, with Virgil. Again, as we said in the first segment, there were some bullet points they wanted covered. And it, it wasn't that I did that because we had to cover them as much as genuinely I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to cover them. The opinions expressed by Virgil, and I want to make this very clear. The opinions expressed in the next interview by Virgil do not represent those of Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, WrestleCrate, um, the Monumental Network, iTunes, uh, Pressbox, uh, ESPN 980, CBS Radio. I don't Baltimore think. Sun, yeah. yeah, Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone, yeah. pretty much just about any other organization known to man. I don't think the opinions expressed by Virgil represent uh, the opinions of any of those people. I also want to let you know, if, if you are listening to this for wrestling conversation, there will be absolutely none of that. Not a lot. There's a little bit. <laughs> Very little. A little bit. Very little. Not a lot. Lot, Not lo- a... Lots of Olive Garden talk. There is a good amount of Olive Garden talk in this conversation. What else did we cover in here? Um, the differences between uh, uh, women of various shades. Um, hustle. The hustle was 100% covered in this. I, again, we give you this preface because we care. Because we care. We do care. And two, because at the heart of this, this was fun. It's a weird kind of fun. I don't know how to explain the kind of fun that it was. You might be able to turn this into a good drinking game. Oh, I think you definitely could. Yeah. I think you definitely could. Start by saying, uh, how many times did he actually understand the question that Aaron asked? <laughs> yeah, that I, I didn't why, have to. Yeah, why? What was it was real weird, that? wasn't it? Like, it was yeah. real weird. Okay. So, enjoy. This is Virgil on Jobbing Out. This man, a pop culture phenomenon. He has been everywhere of late. Um, he's got a GoFundMe. He's got a documentary that they're working on. You've seen him in SI. It's a pleasure to be joined now by Virgil. Virgil, it's Glenn and Aaron back here in Baltimore. It's good to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking the time for us. Hey, Aaron, you there, right? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> what the hell? You didn't show up in New York, man. You had me, had me all whole like I'm a punk old bitch or something. <laughs> <laughs> Virgil, what are you talking about, bro? Take me on hold. You need to show up. No, I... am almost playing myself. I think you're I, thinking of somebody else, man. <laughs> I don't think you're thinking I, of... I haven't been in New York in a few years, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think you're thinking of somebody else. Hey, man, this is... I don't know. I don't know, Virgil. I don't know. I don't know, man. Hey, um... right? Yeah, but they got more than one guy yeah, at Rolling yeah, Stone. Yeah, yeah, There are a few guys out there. You were too, too busy hanging out with Justin Bieber. Oh, dude, I wish I was hanging out with Justin Bieber. I, mean, I was there. Yeah, you don't know, actually, we, we, we do hang out with Justin Bieber regularly. That's the thing that we do. It's a real deal now, man. 
All right, so let's peel the curtain back. Uh, the Virgil, uh, first of all, you're doing the GoFundMe right now. Um, we got some listeners. They have said they're going to throw in for the GoFundMe on behalf of, uh, of jobbing out. The, tell me the story behind this. How did this come about? What's the GoFundMe all about? I worked my ass off for it, so everyone should pay me. <laughs> I love money. I want money, and I love money. So pay me. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that premise, just for the record. I love money, too. Should I start a GoFundMe? No. No. <laughs> I already got it. Me. All right, so, so get that money. All right, hang on. What about this? Because there are people I have not, I've not tra- probably not like you have. No. Did you pay your dues? Did you bust your ass like I did? I'm probably not the same way. No. Okay then. Well, you don't get paid. So I get paid. So the concept is this is like back pay for the work that you've done in the past. Well, yeah, that could be right. <laughs> okay, it could be back and front pay. For front pay. What would okay? Let me ask you. Back pay. If front pay. if someone were to put down a, a sizable chunk of change on the GoFundMe, because I know you know you're only asking for people to put down a couple of bucks, but let's say some put down at least fifty bucks. At least fifty bucks. Wow. You can put down on any kind of bucks you want to put down. If someone, if put someone, down. if someone put down two hundred bucks, don't be a cheap punk ass. <laughs> <laughs> if someone put down two hundred bucks. Could they get anything from Virgil in return? Hey, that sounds good. And have all your partners sewed down, too. <laughs> Everyone pitches in a little. I'll be the new million-dollar man. This is true. It's a good point. Wrong with it, man. If a million people, if a million people put in a dollar apiece. That's right. If you, were the, if you became the million-dollar man, what would you do with I'm that, Virgil? I'm to change the game, man. How so? I'm not change the game. They change the characters. Change the game. What would you What would you do with a million dollars, Virgil? And I'm I'm going with my little honeys, and we have a we have a nice fuck of money, fuck of money, fuck of money, fuck of money. <laughs> and then I'll send a little town to Olive Garden with a whole big tray of meat sauce and and rigatoni. Is, is Olive Garden your go-to place? I love it. I love it. Goddamn, you love it too if you had. <laughs> What, what's, okay, so, all right, if, if we went to dinner at the Olive Garden with Virgil, what are you ordering? I'm ordering uh, linguine <laughs> and a big, like, uh, a bowl, a big bowl of meat sauce. <laughs> okay, and guys, don't, don't forget the goddamn breadsticks. No, 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 no not, forget not at Olive Garden, no doubt, no doubt. And then you can pour all that shit over my body. Bring the hottest women in there and lick it off her daddy. <laughs> lick it off a of hot chocolate. All right. All right. Um, this is a question that I actually do really want to know the answer to. Fuck money, what is it? Okay, this money that you don't give a fuck about at all. I mean, and, and, and people throw away millions. They throw away hundreds of thousands, but they don't care about it. Look, they go to casinos and throw it away, right? It's true. And so a little my way, okay, that's what fuck money is. Meaning you don't care about it. You say, fuck it. <laughs> I had the money here and I just fucked it up. I had this money here and I just fucked it in the toilet. And I had this money here and I gave the girl and she just fucked me. And left. They buy a Mercedes with it. So I can have that fuck money. I can buy my own Mercedes. And I can buy my own Jaguar. I can buy my own Corvette. It's uh, the um, Camaro. 
maybe a Rolls Royce is that money comes right. I, no, I, all of those. Why not one of each? Hey, hey, I want to really buy an olive, uh, olive garden that's <laughs> next to my house. <laughs> well, I've got far to go to. Then you can have all the meat sauce you want. God damn right. <laughs> you got it right. So start, you can start the fun off the day. You and your partners right there. Both of you dropping 200 each and get, get going, man. Hey, Virgil. Tony got damn up. <laughs> Virgil, we've, we've seen you just hustling everywhere over the past few years. We've seen you in all sorts of places. If you got this money, would we still be able to see you oh, out yeah. at these places? Are you or, done? Or would that make you done? I'm busting my ass all the time. You know what I mean? Oh, we know. If you have a bust, you have to go ahead and make it, okay? But that's the problem. We don't want to stop seeing you. Like, we oh, we like the idea of Virgil being there when we go up for a wrestling show or something hey, like that. I want to earn my shit. You see me entertaining these fans right here? So I deserve the fuck money. <laughs> I keep we keep coming back to the fuck money, which I do agree is important. I'm not disagreeing. You came back, didn't you? I'm with you, man. Um, all right, okay, all right. Here's this is an important question. Uh, do all like a big ass damn circle? It rolls around, rolls around, rolls around, rolls that money over to me. Uh, do all white women look alike to you, Virgil? Oh, I know you got a big fat ass, buddy. So you all look the same. Is that true? Oh, some white girls got flat pancake acid, but some got the big old round basketball. I'm a big fan of those. Of those, I'm a fan of any color woman that's got a big, big old. Uh, most, most a lot of white girls look like, like Koreans, you know. <laughs> why? Why do? Why do white women look like Koreans, Virgil? They all look the same, man. I could, I could be up in the Playboy Mansion, man. We're like about this December, this November, January, February. <laughs> Have you been to the Playboy Mansion? Real honey's right there, goddammit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. When was when was your last visit to the Playboy Mansion? Hey, I was banging this July about four times in one night, and I, I got tired. I got tired, and I said, 14, you go to work now. Oh, oh my, all right, all right, hang on a second. Let me get some plugs in. <laughs> This is magic. Um, at the real Virgil on Twitter, the real underscore Virgil on Instagram, and uh, hey, follow my ass. When you see that, you follow it. You follow my ass like money. You follow money, just drop that money on it, sprinkle it down. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Virgil, you have become the king of Twitter. Are you more of a king of Twitter or king of the tables? Mm. I'm the king of cock. What are you talking about? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. You got 14 and a half inches. You're king of what? King of bang, dang. Thank you, ma'am. I mean, again, I can't argue with the man's logic. I just can't. I can't argue with the man's logic. Guys walk around swinging 14 and a half. Well, I'm, I'm not, just for the record. I'm, I want to state that. I am not, personally. Okay. You got me maybe there. Maybe stuck up there, maybe like maybe four or five. <laughs> Wait, on, a, wait, on a good day. Like maybe two or three. Yeah, right. More like it. It's a man. He's a baby. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Wait, wait, wait. We, we, we've, right here. We've seen some porn companies try to get some wrestlers. Mm. We saw Brothers get, try to get Dolph Ziggler a few months ago. Why haven't they reached out to you, Virgil? Yeah, Vir Virgil, you have you ever thought about doing porn? Uh, not really. No? But why would you, if you have, this is a good, important question. If you have an art... For the right, for the right money, you never know. All right, okay. Because I, I feel like if I had the same, everyone does shit for money. What would you do for money? Uh, there's a lot of things that I would do for money, Virgil. That's a good point. There is an awful lot of. Person, 
we are the same person. Are you a white guy or a black guy? Uh, I'm a white guy, personally. Okay, well, we're the same person. I'm just a little darker. <laughs> we're the same people. We both care about money. We love money, okay? And you almost do everything for money. So we're the same. We're like goddamn brothers. We are. Can we hang out? So help your brother out and go ahead and keep the 200 of them. Do it your brother right here. I'm out. What do you got? Virgie, <laughs> you, you coming down to the Baltimore area? Anytime? Yeah. When are we? When are you getting? When are you getting down this way? When, when we, we see you constantly up in New York? Why are you never down here? Do what? When can we get you down to Baltimore? How do we get you into the area? Fly my ass down to Baltimore. All right, we're all right, ready. All right. That, we're working on that. That's our we have a next fuck goal. Money party. <laughs> what happens at a? Hang on a second. No. What What does a fuck money party look like? Hey. And I got I got a song coming out in a couple of months. Can you can you give us a teaser of it? Um, I don't want to give you a teaser. I want you to get it all at once. Well, I just want to hear a little bit. What's it called? It's called, it's called Fuck Money. Of course, of course, obviously, it's called Fuck Money. Um, yeah. can, can you give us like the hook? Can you sing us like the hook? The video, the video is gonna be raining from the the ceiling. You're gonna see hundred dollar bills coming out. It's gonna be like Who, Fuck Money. Who's directing the video? Is it Hype Williams? No. When you need a helping hand. Oh, is that it? That's already my favorite song. The fuck money comes away. <laughs> I love this so much. I love this so much. Hey, uh, uh, Virgil, we hear that you are, uh, you're, you're cool with the Young Bucks. Is that true? We are the world. That's probably about right. We are the children. children. Young Bucks are going to be here this weekend. Why don't you come down here? Yeah, wait, the why did, wait, what's your story with the Young Bucks? How'd you get hooked up with those guys? Oh. Some young boys, my best friends, man. What's the story there? We're down together. So they're, they're going to be here this weekend. Why don't, why don't you come down? We get a Young Bucks, a super kick fuck money party. Them Bucks are pros. Them Bucks are good, good kids. Good guy. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I don't know. I, you got anything? Matt or my niggas. Oh, this is already my favorite conversation we've ever done on this wait, wait, show. Wait, wait, You got a documentary coming out. Yes. What's, what's the documentary going to focus on? That F money over to me. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the documentary. What's what's it going to be all about? My documentary is called "The World Is My Comic Con," and it's all about the hustle. Yeah, it shows about all the things I've done. So I call hustle. If I if I wanted to get a crowd of people to come over and uh, hang out it's with not me, the hustle is the hard work that I that I went through, man. If okay, I appreciate that. If I people support real shit that I did. Dude, there's a lot of Virgil fans. There are a, a lot of Virgil fans out there. Like, they're everywhere you go. I'm sure when you hang out... Not that lonely Virgil shit. I am the real goddamn deal. So wipe your ass on that. <laughs> well, how about the lonely Virgil thing? Like, do, do, is that misconstruing you a lot, Virgil? Hey, I'm the real OG. Not the Olive Garden. I am the real OG. So take your hand out your ass and... Put it on your wallet. <laughs> what does that even mean? What does that mean? All right, let's get the plugs in again. The lonely Virgil is showtime. Now I'm gonna show you what real showtime is. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I want. Can you, right? dude, Virgil? Can you just sing more for us? Because that was my favorite part of this. Can you sing some more? You gotta, you gotta go to that website. I gotta. We gotta hook the GoFundMe up. All right, let's let's do this. I got a couple of listeners. They said I was sing. I was sing to your ears. You fall a goddamn street, but if you pay me, you gotta pay them. I sing the lullabies, put your ass right to sleep. Right. Pay me, pay me. Oh, 
Oh, man. All right. Uh, Aaron, plug the, the GoFundMe for if you would. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, GoFundMe.com slash MakeVirgilAmillion. GoFundMe.com slash MakeVirgilAmillion. Go uh, support that. Uh, uh, the documentary, when are we going to be able to see the documentary, Virgil? In about, in about four months. Four months. Four months we'll be able to see the documentary, The World is My Comic-Con. The pre-order pre starts next week. Next week. And where can people go if they want to pre-order it? My email. Email is therealvirgil1 at gmail.com. That's correct. Therealvirgil1 at gmail.com. If you want to pre-order it, uh, shoot him a note there. At therealvirgil on Twitter. Thereal underscore Virgil on Instagram. Hey, hey, and my fuck money is coming out real soon. I, I, song, so keep your ears on the goddamn ground. No, just walk on the ground. Just put your head on the concrete. Are, are you making any appearances anywhere? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Can, can we come see you somewhere? I got something rolling around. <laughs> right. I, I, I got to keep a surprise. All right, all right, all right. You just showing up like, might be in New York, hang on. All right, all right. Hey, Virgil, we, this was a lot of fun, man. We really appreciate you doing this, all right? Because Rolling Stones need me, <laughs> goddammit. We're going we're gonna to get some people to go to the GoFundMe, all right? Right, because look, not to, not Rolling Stones will have guys like me, okay? They need this is a fact. Like that, that, you know what? That's a, wait, there is nobody like you, Virgil. Yeah, yeah, it's just you. You're one of a kind. I'm the son Ray Charles. Wish he got there. <laughs> all right, Virgil, thank you, man. We really appreciate you doing this, all right? It's rocking just like him now. <laughs> it's rocking. Thank you, Virgil. Hey, I got to get my dick checked later. All right, well, that was something. <laughs> that, we, hey, we warned you. We put the old advisory on the, the front end of this. Hey, if you made it through that, God bless you. <laughs> Again, I think that you are far. Aaron was negative about this from the moment I presented it to him. And in fairness, Aaron is negative anytime I present anything that isn't a Ring of Honor wrestler. Hey, hey. that's all he wants I, to talk to. On I just want to talk, you know, wrestling. Yeah, you, wrestling again, show. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I every no, no, to, to be fair, I, I had no problem with bringing Virgil. I just knew he exactly is, he what is a it was. pop culture phenomenon right now. He is everywhere. They're talking about him in SI. They're talking about him in Uproxx. They're talking about him on Deadspin. He is everywhere. He is a Twitter. I mean, like, he has just become, like, a Twitter king uh, these days. It's very Iron Sheik-like. And he's working with some of the folks that worked with the Iron Sheik. Um, I, God bless him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do whatever you want to do, bro. <laughs> I do appreciate his hustle. I do. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, at, at heart, um, he's a guy that cannot simply just make money in a lot of places by showing up. That he's going to go and show up at places that you wouldn't expect and say, hey, look. Um, I'm at a subway station. Yeah, do you want a picture with me? Do you want to? <laughs> not, not do you want a picture with me. Give me $10. You know? Yeah, there is a lot of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There is a lot of give me $10. <laughs> yes. Give me $200 he requested from both of us. He did, he did say he wanted $200 from both of us if we weren't too busy hanging out with Justin Bieber. Yes. Which I still want to know who he thought I was. It's great. I think that maybe he just thought that Rolling Stone should have showed up to interview him by now. Maybe. I think that's more what he thought was the case that he just thought why hasn't rolling well, stone but, but what about okay i guess because we because someone there interviewed justin bieber and that that's probably the, the case Boy, probably the case how interesting would rolling stone be if there was one guy covering everything oh my god that would be amazing no here's this is something i just thought of something way better what if justin bieber interviewed virgil we need to make this happen i mean you are the one that works for rolling stone we need to make this why happen. wouldn't you pitch that idea or the other way around virgil interviews justin bieber but both are genius yeah what did they just do it sort of did it together it was alternating yeah. like you get to ask one question to virgil now virgil right. now asks one question to justin bieber 
be pretty good. Genius. Would Genius. you bring on uh, Shiki Baby? Would you bring him on the uh, the show? I mean, I mean he's a former I, I, champion. I, I, I would expect pretty much what we just got. Oh, exactly yes. what we just got. But yeah, sure. He's not as sharp as the character on Twitter. He's not. No, he's not. Like the character on Twitter is pre-planned and. But you know, I think he would actually probably give a more rational interview. Yeah, he than might. Act- just- you know, you might actually be able to interview Shiki yeah, Baby. You I, I might. Think we could. You might. He, he would answer why he never was born. <laughs> so that was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. So we go to that, and uh, all right. So in the third segment, an actual wrestler. No, no, Virgil was a wrestler once. Virgil upon a time. was a wrestler. Uh, but we are going to talk some wrestling. Ring of Honor comes to Baltimore this weekend, and we are going to talk to Roderick Strong about it. Uh, that's coming up next. Also, we still have the uh, the quick count and uh, three things to get to before we wrap up for the – or five things. What do we do? Top five. Our top five. Why don't yes. we call it three things? I don't know why you do The that. quick count is three things. Yes, Maybe I just count confused. Three right. things, the quick count the is three five. things. Then we do the top five. You know what? Shut up, Aaron. <laughs> I want Team Virgil. <laughs> You're an idiot. Why don't you stop covering Justin Bieber? I know. And come cover us. Guys like hustlers like Virgil and I. Their fuck money. Oh man. Alright, it's uh it's chopping out. This has been a really special episode. I'm Glenn Clark, he's Aaron Oster. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge free, so you can always get cash for nothing because there is no fee. At all Royal Farms ATMs, individual cardholder fees may still apply. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. 
WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Back here on Jobbing Out, it is segment number three. Glenn Clark and Aaron Oster with you. And Aaron, a big event coming up. Really two events because it's both Friday night and Saturday night at the Myers Pavilion here in Baltimore. The big one, of course, is Death Before Dishonor 13, where this man, he wants the strap. He takes on Jay Lethal for the title. He is Ring of Honor star Roderick Strong, and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Roderick, it's Glenn and Aaron in Baltimore. Thank you so much for taking the time for us, man. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, Baltimore, you guys have had such a history here in Baltimore over the last couple of years. It's been a little bit. How good does it feel to come back to the area? Man, it actually feels, uh, feels really good and to bring such a big event here. I mean, the last time we were here... Uh, you know, there was a great turnout. Just you know, obviously, Ring of Honor likes to to push the envelope and take everything to the next level. And the crowd, you know, equally responsive, and they like to do the same. So, uh, I think the next two days are going to be amazing. It's amazing all around, wrestling and uh, with the fans. Now, now, this is a big time for the company. Obviously, we have a change of the guard here. Jay Lethal becoming the champion, and you're chosen as his first opponent. Uh, I know a lot of wrestlers talk about how that's a huge honor to do, to be like the first guy in that tower. Is that how it feels to you? Well, I'm not actually the chosen one. I mean, I earned it, but yes, uh, you know, you know, for me, it's just, it's just a matter of, uh, this being a long journey back to, uh, this position where I have the opportunity to become a two time ring of honor world champion. And, you know, to face Jay lethal, who is at the top of his game and, uh, just did something amazing, you know, by becoming the undisputed uh, Ring of Honor World Champion, and he's the Ring of Honor World Television Champion. And, uh, you know, it, it's an honor in the sense of I'm going to be headlining one of, you know, the key big events for Ring of Honor. And, uh, you know, it's in Baltimore, which is a great city, and it's also my birthday weekend. Yeah. So nothing better than that. Yeah, that's so. What, so where are we going out? What's the plans? Uh, you know, my birthday's Sunday, and I'm actually, uh, you know, headed down to D.C., which I've never been there. But uh, you know, I don't know if there's an after party tomorrow night or. Uh, I, there normally Saturday is. Night, I actually but. don't. I don't know the details, but there normally is an after party. And I know you're going to yeah. be you're going to be signing autographs tomorrow uh, on Friday night as well. Yes, I will be. Very cool. So cool opportunity to come out and meet Roderick Strong. Hey, Roderick, you know, it's sort of to piggyback on uh, what Aaron was talking about, which is, the, you know, the exciting time for the company. Um, how much has the Destination America thing touched you? Like, how different has it felt since you guys got the move over there? Can you, on like a day-to-day basis, feel how much more important things are? Or I guess, what's the tangible feeling since you guys have made that move? Uh, you know, for me personally, and I feel, you know, for – for some of my friends and people that I've spoke with inside of the company. It's just something that, uh, you know, that we felt we have deserved. I mean, obviously with uh, Sinclair Broadcasting and uh, 
you know, the amount of household that that brings us into, uh, adding Destination America, you know, a national television channel, which, you know, every Wednesday you can tell people, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m., you can watch Ring of Honor Wrestling. It just is giving us that platform, you know, on, on a much bigger stage and, you know, it's letting us showcase the talent that obviously, you know, the fans have known and the and the Ring of Honor wrestlers have known that it has been here for a very long time. And it's, the momentum's been changing in our direction for a very long time. This is just, I feel, another step in the right direction to, uh, you know, help Ring of Honor become as big as it possibly can be. And it, it, it's funny because I feel like for the wrestling community, it's created this awesome sort of Wednesday night thing where, like, Wednesday night has become wrestling night in a lot of ways. And I, I think for, for wrestling fans, it's been a great thing. Like, that there's there's so much quality, and you guys have clearly kind of pushed to, you know, I, I don't know if we want to say number two, but you've pushed to, to this elevated place where you are. But in general, I think that wrestling fans have never had this many quality options for programming. No, I, to- I totally agree, and... uh you know, being a wrestling fan myself, it, it, it's awesome to to have those options and be able to just, you know, click back and forth or, you know, just set the TV on one channel and uh, watch as much wrestling as uh, my heart desires. So it's good. It's it's good for wrestling and it's good for us, you know, to push us to uh, improve our product on a, on a weekly basis. He is Roderick Strong from Ring of Honor, and he joins us here on Jobbing Out as he gets ready to face Jay Lethal. Hey, Roderick, uh, you know, Jay's a guy that, that gets this opportunity as champion. And, and as you point out, all you guys have earned your opportunities. But um, f- for him to now take this mantle and knowing what the Ring of Honor championship has done for so many people in their careers, how important is it for you chasing him? And, and how have you felt that he's handled that role as champion? I mean, obviously, I think Jay is a great performer uh, in every aspect of the game. And uh, I think someone like me is, is someone Jay Lethal needs. And, and I've said this before in an interview, and I'll say it, and I said it on commentary. You know, I'm somebody that Jay Lethal has never really faced. Like, at this point in time in my career, I'm a completely different wrestler in, in certain aspects than I ever have been. And I bring a lot more to the table. And uh, I don't feel there's another wrestler in the world that's like me. And that is so aggressive and will continuously challenge Jay Lethal. So I think, uh, you know, for me being a challenger, it's putting a champion in a compromising situation. So I think, uh, you know, Friday night, Jay Lethal is going to have to be the best Jay Lethal that he's been. So, and for me, that's, that's exciting. Uh, you talk about you've kind of changed, you've evolved a little bit here, and I, I was going to say, pretty much since the calendar turned, you've always been a great wrestler, but all of a sudden you are headlining every single show that you're on. When you, you guys did the War of the Worlds with New Japan back in Philadelphia, both nights your match against Kushida, your match against Tanahashi, uh, crowd pretty much unanimously said those were the matches of the night. You had a match against uh, Nakamura that was on television a few weeks ago. You are legitimately a contender for wrestler of the year right now if that was a real thing is there something that 
that really switched you into another gear, or has it just been, you know, finally you're getting a big chance to show it against some of these opponents? Uh, I mean, I mean, personally, there's, you know, certain aspects, you know, that I, I really felt I needed to improve on, and those are things I've been working on for years. I mean, different things happen at different times for people, but I, but I think it's more about opportunities and, and to consistently show, you know, the world that, that I am one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler in the world. So for me, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if, if you're only getting these opportunities once every six months, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to prove to people that you are, you know, as, as good as you feel you are. But when you're, you know, on a consistent basis being put in front of some of the other best wrestlers in the world and you're constantly performing on their level, uh, I think it just opens people's eyes and they kind of understand, you know, what exactly you bring to the table. So for me, I'm just grateful that, you know, I've been preparing myself and, you know, and I feel like I'm, I'm starting to hit my prime. You know, I changed just started adding different things, changing different things in my life to just, uh, you know, be the best performer I possibly can be. It's amazing to say, to think that you're just in your prime 12 years into your Ring of Honor run. You know, looking back on the run, and you, know, you still have probably a long run ahead of you, it seems like you've done it all. Do you almost have to find ways to keep things changing, keep things going for you? Because you've accomplished so much already in Ring of Honor. Uh, not necessarily, man. I, I'm a competitor. This is competitive to me. You know, I approach, I approach wrestling, uh, like any athlete uh, approaches their sport. And, you know, the difference here is, you know, the, the Ring of Honor fans have, have had a chance to watch me grow, grow up as a person and as a performer. I mean, a lot of people, you know, have to understand when I came to Ring of Honor, I was 20 years old and I'd only really been wrestling you know, on a consistent basis for a year and a half on the Indies before I came to Ring of Honor. So it is something I came, I came in young and I came in like vastly inexperienced. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where longevity has always been key to me in this. I never got into wrestling for it to be an overnight thing. It's something that I, you know, I want to do and I want to be involved with for the rest of my life. So. I feel now is just how how can I bring the best me to the table every night and uh, make sure that people feel like they got their money's worth. So, I mean, that's the that's the only thing I really need to uh, to push myself. I'm going to use a term that if I was standing next to you, I probably wouldn't use, and that's the term undersized. And it's in comparison to the monsters that exist in the world of professional wrestling. How much do you feel throughout your career you've kind of and I, again, the word little guy sounds wrong here, but it, it, it is sort of like a, I'm, I'm standing up for all of the guys that aren't, you know, 6'6", and aren't, you know, guys that were just born looking like a behemoth of a man, that you don't have to be that guy in order to succeed in this business. Uh, I mean, obviously, if this was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that, you know, this would be a completely different conversation, but I think... You know, it's been stated before, obviously, with MMA becoming so popular and a lot of those guys not being gigantic guys uh, and wrestling evolving and being a more physical, uh, fast-paced sport. I think, you know, obviously having your giants and stuff is uh, still a necessity. 
because wrestling still needs to have some of that freak show aspect to it. But I think, you know, quality quality of athlete is is starting to, you know, become more important to uh, to match quality and, and kind of what fans are demanding. I mean, obviously, you're going to get the rare, rare, huge guy that can do things that the smaller guys can do, you know, like a Brock Lesnar who's a, a freak of nature. Right. But I think, you know, with the times, it's, it's evolved and, and you can see it all over the place where, you know, the guys that look like just athletes and they're not like monstrous athletes, which just look like, you know, you know, I would probably look like a, a standard free safety that you'd see in the NFL. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, something like that where you kind of be like, oh, that guy looks like he's an athlete. I'm not sure exactly what he does, but, and, and that, that, that is becoming more of a trend. And I, you know, obviously MMA helped helped with that, and just uh, you know, the smaller guys bringing more of a quality of product, and that's always kind of stood true. If you even if you look back into the mid, the early '90s on, you know, with the the smaller guys being the more match quality guys. There's someone else who uh, who's going to be involved with this match on Friday night who you you know very well, and that's uh, Truth Martini. Mm. I, I feel he sometimes flies under the radar. It's just how important he is to the company. Obviously, he led you to the title. He's now led Jay Lethal to the, comp- to the title. What is it about him that makes him so good at being a manager? See, for me, it's a it's a lot of the things Truth that you know you don't see. I mean, I've read interviews where where Jay Lethal has kind of talked about it as well, where it's outside, it's like outside of the building. The conversations you have on the phone when you're in the car, when you're, you know, just bullshitting in the hotel room where you, you get just like the genius that, that Truth Martini is, the, the way you can see things in different ways than you can and, uh, kind of break it down to you to understand and it helps you grow as a performer. And that's, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing, uh, that he brings outside of being you know, a little sneaky bastard, but <laughs> I mean, he—he's an evil genius, and it's—you it, know—it's—it's it's something that I, you know, no matter if I'm with him or not. But it's always one of those things I said: Ring of Honor fans will start to appreciate him the longer he's around because he's just uh, fantastic at his job. Yeah, I've asked this of a couple guys in in recent weeks, and um, you know, there've been already a few guys that have been kicked off. There's going to be some guys going to be kicked off soon. And um, there's a reality show on TV for the WWE, and the overwhelming majority of those guys aren't going to become WWE stars, but they want to pursue uh, their goals. How would those guys be welcomed if they arrived in the you know, Ring of Honor locker room, having really never competed at a very high level, but with some, some exposure having been a part of this TV show? Uh, first things first, I don't think they would get that opportunity to come to Ring of Honor and get that kind of exposure. Okay. I think maybe if they went to the Ring of Honor training school and went through the process of that, then they would have an opportunity to earn that. But that's something with the Ring of Honor that I, you know, I really respect where you have to earn your spot for your opportunity. You know, they obviously, if someone, you know, that that has been somewhere else has, uh, created a name for themselves, but they want to come here and they want to work very hard. They've kind of earned the opportunity to, to prove themselves. And for the most part, you see the guys that come in here and bust their ass because they love professional wrestling. And I think if those guys that, you know, go through this uh, reality show, 
they really do want to earn a spot somewhere, somehow, that they will, you know, take the necessary steps and do the things that they need to do to earn an opportunity. And if they do that, uh, the Ring of Honor locker room would open, you know, they would welcome that with open arms. The only thing we ask of people is work hard and just give us, you know, give us your all and be respectful. We talked about all the matches you had with the uh, New Japan guys. The last run-through, obviously, New Japan coming back. And uh, at the show in Brooklyn, you have a chance, and it possibly will be a title-versus-title match mm. to face the uh, IWGP champion, Okada. Uh, is that just going to be another match to add to this already amazing list that you're putting together this year? Yeah, I mean, to me, this is just another this is another opportunity to prove how how good I am, you know, and what I bring to the table as a performer and an athlete. And I think, uh, you know, Okada is going to come in with something to prove too. So I think there's nothing better than two athletes that are at the top of their game that both want to prove something. So, I mean, I think this is an event, obviously, that you don't want to miss. And... Uh, I think it's going to be a very special night. I think we're going to make some history. What's it been like having these uh, New Japan guys come in and wrestling guys who, you know, a lot of these guys you wrestle, you get to see very often, whether it's in Ring of Honor or elsewhere along the Indies, obviously New Japan guys, you don't get to do that as much. So what's it like to wrestle a guy that you maybe never have worked before and don't really get to talk to that often? It's awesome. I mean, you're bringing, you're bringing some of the best guys in the world and adding it to the best roster in the world. So, I mean, the only thing it does is just make the product better and make everyone, you know, creates a little necessary, necessary buzz, and it, you know, and it's an exciting time. And I feel like, obviously, those guys are equally as excited to come work with the Ring of Honor roster. So, I think it's a, it creates a good atmosphere in the locker room and out, you know, obviously in the arena. It's awesome. He's Roderick Strong again. Friday night. In uh, Friday night's the pay-per-view. Saturday night, Ring of Honor tapings, all at Myers Pavilion right here in Baltimore. You can go to ROHWrestling.com to get your tickets right now. Roderick, I know people can give you a follow on Twitter, at Roderick Strong. Is there anything else we can plug for you, Instagram, website, anything like that? Yeah, Instagram, at Roderick Strong. You can uh, go to ROHWrestling.com for, you know, they have T-shirts, DVDs. You can visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Roderick Strong. I got a bunch of t-shirts on there, you know. And uh, my Facebook fan page, at Roderick Strong. I try to keep it really simple and all the same. Very cool, man. Support uh, support the guys that are working hard and kicking ass out at uh, <laughs> Ring of Honor. Hey, Roderick, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, we look forward to seeing you out there this weekend. And, and hopefully, you know, the next time we chat with you, you got a nice uh, strap that you can uh, that show us off, all right? That's right. Hey, That's man. right. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys for your time. Thanks again to Roderick Strong for taking a couple of minutes for us. Let's uh, transition. Aaron, if you would, speaking of Ring of Honor, that's going to lead us into our quick count this week because you're leading with a story kind of about Ring of Honor this week. This is our non-WWE story yeah. of the week. Be- be- before going into that, obviously, want to talk about a little bit about this weekend and some great matches this weekend. Yeah. So you should definitely head up both both the iPay-Per-View, Death Before Dishonor, which, you know, obviously is going to be Is this good. definitely an iPay-Per-View this, this time? This is definitely an iPay-Per-View. All right. And uh, then the TV tapings are the next day, which have some fantastic matches. Both of them, the Young Bucks are going to be there on Saturday, but not on Friday. Um, you know, the hottest tag team in the world right now. 
And, uh, you know, it's always a fun time, so I'm going to be out there. I don't know if you're going to be out there, Glenn, but uh, come up, say hi, all that good stuff. Yeah, I have um, I have uh, responsibilities. Yeah, and long story short, i got to work is the yeah, answer. Exactly. To the, I have to work this um, weekend. But, yeah, Ring of Honor, there's, there's an interesting thing going around right now, and some of it's definitely true. Other, other bits of it are rumors right now. It seems like... Ring of Honor has caught WWE's attention and caught their attention in a big way. You know, they've played nice for the most part. Uh, it hasn't even been as much as, you know, WWE completely ignores TNA. It seems like they were genuinely playing nice with Ring of Honor. They've used their footage when they've wanted to build something for Seth Rollins or for Daniel Bryan or for something that. They've used their past footage. But now it seems like Ring of Honor, probably starting with their move to Destination America, has really started to annoy people in the WWE's front office. And in return, it seems like they're starting to, if not try to squash them, make their lives a little bit miserable. Obviously, one of the big things that Ring of Honor had was the partnership with New Japan Wrestling. And, you know, it's great for uh, Ring of Honor, it's great for New Japan. And now WWE, uh, while Ring of Honor and New Japan are having a show in Brooklyn, that same, you know, that yeah. same time, yeah. they decided to, A, specifically, and I, I truly believe that this is, in response, they say, oh, you're doing a show Saturday night? Okay, we're going to have an NXT show Saturday night to try to limit your crowd. Not only that, we're going to bring in Jushin Liger. Right, I saw that. Which is odd that they would allow them to do that when there is a Ring of Honor New Japan show going on at the exact same time a few miles away. They're both running Brooklyn. You know, uh, they're running, obviously, WWE's NXT is running the Barclays Center. And Ring of Honor New Japan's running the minor league park, the Brooklyn Cyclones Park. And they were, this is the second year they've done it. And great card to start off with. And now even more has come out that WWE is trying to contact venues that Ring of Honor have run and said, hey, if you don't run Ring of Honor anymore, you can, we'll, we'll do a show there. So they, it seems like huh. Huh. they're going out of their way. And then there's talk that, you know, Ring of there other shows they're going to try to do in the same market as Ring of Honor. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I, um... What's to be gained from that is my first question. Like When it I, comes to WWE? Yeah. Um, you... The only thing I can think of is, is they view Ring of Honor as... Competition to NXT. Competition to NXT and, and then potentially if they let it go unchecked. You know, there'll never be strict competition, but a viable number two option. You know, right now there isn't that number two. When TNA was there, yes, there was a number two, but it was never a number two that would remain, you know, that really would pose a challenge. Okay. If Ring of Honor and New Japan continue their partnership, if Ring of Honor continues their growth rate, it's, I, I still don't think they would ever get to WWE's level, but they could definitely be a nuisance to WWE, and this could be them putting their foot down and being like, okay, this has to stop. We, you know, we're fine with you as a little boutique company here, but if you try to become more than that, uh, we don't want that to happen. I, I hear it. I just... No, I mean, it's hard to see Ring of Honor ever being a... And that's the thing. Like, And that's why I feel like it comes off more as being petty. You know what I mean? And it does. Like, and... I mean, I can't blame... You know, as far as business, right, they have the resources to do it. That's... So if they want to... Yeah, is it petty? Sure, but so was buying up all the companies when they first became no, WWF. I hear you. I hear you. Like that was petty. But why not then? Just why not buy a Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor, because honestly, Ring of Honor right now is owned by a bigger company than WWE. 
Because it's Sinclair. Sinclair right. is a bigger company than WWE is. And if, and which, okay, I mean, but I, Turner was also a bigger company than WWE at one point. Right, but Sinclair doesn't want to desperately jettison Ring of Honor the way that WCW, or Turner wanted to jettison WCW. All right. All right. And, you know, I, I'm sure that they could eventually make an offer that Sinclair can, if they really wanted to, but I, I think they would rather just, see, because again, they had been playing ni- specifically playing nice with Ring of Honor. It seemed like there was a while there. I thought there was a legitimate partnership, you know, similar to the one that WWF and ECW had. Right, where it was just you know they they, they acknowledge each other's existence. They, they even helped out each right. other at times. Right, there there was a talent exchange at one point, and I didn't think it would ever go quite that far. But if you had told me that WWF was, if it turned out at some point that WWF was financially helping Ring of Honor, I could have bought that. <sighs> Sure. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think that would actually make somewhat. You it's know, sort of like kind of treat it, and and you know they had been poaching so much talent from Ring of Honor, right? Power, that that it, it works like as some, kind of a minor league, right, right? Exactly. Absolutely. There, there was reasons that WWE kind of wanted Ring of Honor to succeed, just not succeed. Right. Yeah. You in, you invest some money in these guys, and when they're ready, we'll go get we'll go right. get them, and in exchange, we're not going to try to kill you. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I, if you had told me there was something like that, but obviously now it seems like there's uh, some serious threat there. That's real weird. That's real weird. It's interesting, but it's, it's something to watch. All right. Our uh, second story this week. Um, it's so sad every time we – and I hate this because like, I care so much about this character that I hate having to talk about, you know, is, is he coming back? And I just – but there's some uh, Daniel Bryan news this yeah. week. Uh, he went on the Cheap Heat uh, – Grantland's Cheap Heat, po- Heat podcast and uh, he was plugging his book there. And he said that he thinks he's not quite ready yet, but there's a lot of hope in sight. He, he wanted to deny – someone had started a false rumor that he, uh, he was telling people that he was done. So he wanted to deny that. He said that some doctors – So he essentially to- pulled a Steve Spurrier is what you're saying. What do you mean? Oh, you're not familiar with what happened with Steve Spurrier this week? I saw, there was like I saw a thing that he did where, something, but I was where somebody thought day. he was retired, yeah, and so he called yeah. a press conference, and it's it was like, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I missed what anyway, that was all about, but yeah. Well, that fell flat. Womp womp. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Daniel Bryan said that he's he's making a lot of progress. That one uh, doctor in Phoenix had even cleared him. Uh, WWE doctors have not cleared him yet, but he's on the right path and. Uh, he said, I believe, that he might be ready by the Rumble, or that that's kind of his targeting, kind of be ready by the Rumble. We've been there, done that before. But, uh, you know, so after a lot of bad news about Daniel Bryan, it seems like there's some glimmer of hope there. Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I hope. Yeah, that, that's all you can I say. I hope, but even when he comes back, I think we're all going to be, you know, still in the same mode where we're like... For the first six months. Right. Like anytime he takes an awkward bump, we're going to be like, oh, jeez. Yep. I mean, that's it. It, yep. it, it kills me because I want to be excited about this. I like the idea of having my guy Daniel Bryan back, but mm-hmm. I just can't help it. I can't help but have this feeling of, <sighs> yeah, I guess. Yep. I guess. Yep. All right, and finally, in the quick count, some terrible news for our guy, our our good friend, who can't help but notice isn't on this show this week. Um, but uh, Patrick Clark from MCW. Uh, out of WWE Tough Enough. Stunner. I mean, last week it seemed like he was the favorite, and you know, a lot of people were already penciling him in as the Tough Enough winner. Uh, he has a week where the edit he got was not very favorable, made him look extremely cocky, uh, and I think that 
I think WWE might have actually been trying to get some engineer a way to get ZZ off the show because ZZ has shown he can't do anything physical. Right. Uh, so I, what I think they were doing was getting three people, two people in there who they thought would get a lot of votes, and then they would that would be their way of getting ZZ off because this this fan voting has really backfired on WWE, I think, and because of the unfavorable edit that Patrick had gotten during the show. ZZ and Josh both got more votes for him. Patrick was gone. And even the judges, like, they, they did this tough talk. I, I don't really watch. Oh, hey, I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize my computer was on. My bad. My bad. There we go. Um, but, uh, you know, like, it's funny. Paige, who was the person who, who nominated him for the bottom through yeah. on Tough Talk. I, don't, I never watched Tough Talk, but apparently on Tough Talk was, like, apoplectic that the uh, viewers voted him off. It's like, why would you put him in the bottom three if you didn't want that to happen? I mean, that is a, that is a great point. All right, a couple thoughts I have on this. One, um, there is a lot of anger from some folks in the industry about this because they believe that Patrick was the best candidate the BAWWE wrestler can't, on can't the show blame the WWE this time it's the fans who voted him off well i think you blame the 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 way that they do this yes. where like you've got 20 minutes to vote right. after you know one episode right. i mean i think there's a lot of thought about whether or not that's the right way to go about it but here's the other thought i had which is something that you mentioned in your exchanges on twitter on monday night or on tuesday night is this ultimately better yeah. for for patrick i think it is um the winner of this was going to get a $250,000 one-year contract. The highest contract on NXT right now is probably in the 120000 range. So you're already putting whoever wins this, they're going to be making twice as much as anybody else, and in some cases six times as much as some of these wrestlers. Right. So you're already putting them in a bad situation, a little bit of a bad situation. You probably get some locker room heat. Patrick's 19. And, you know, he's he's a great wrestler. Uh, I'm excited to see him back in Maryland Championship Wrestling if that's where he ends up. I know he's back home and he's training there now and he's taking some bookings with his partner who actually won the Shamrock Cup this week. I heard, yeah. Yeah, uh, so he's back with his partner, Leo Rush. They're taking uh, bookings both as he's taking a single and as a team. Uh, I mean, if I'm him... Well, no, nah, I, I take any contract offered, obviously, but I think it might be, you know, I was thinking this at the time. It might you be should try to go to Ring to get, of Honor? Uh, not even necessarily that, because I think WWE still wants him around. Okay. So uh, get a regular contract, a regular, you know, $40,000 developmental deal. You don't get that heat. You know, there's not a lot of outside pressure on you. There's not a lot of pressure from the company to rush you up to the main roster too quickly. Again, you're 19 years old. There's no rush to get up to the main roster at this point. That if they sign him to a regular developmental deal, which I can't imagine them not doing, maybe not this moment, because maybe they want him to, you know, maybe reach his 20th birthday or something, you know, right, something like right. that. But um, I think he's going to get a contract eventually. You know, when you have all the coaches, all the legends, you know, Mick Foley was like, all right, I'm done with Tough Enough. When you have all that, there, there's buzz around him, so they'd be stupid not well, to. And, and so that brings me to another question that people have asked, which is, is there any chance that in a week or two, the WWE says, you know what, the show is better with them. Can we figure out a way to bring him back on it? If someone gets injured, maybe. Okay. If someone gets injured, maybe. I don't think so, though. Um I mean, it's there. They have the right to change the rules. Yeah, they, they and there's un- almost no doubt that in these people's contracts to do the show, oh, yeah. the WWE said we can change the rules at well, any point. They, they, they've have... already brought in somebody who was cut in the the, the introduction episode where they went from 50, 40 down to fourteen. So yeah, they could do so this. So someone quit and they brought someone in. So yes, it's it's very possible 
that someone does. Do I see it happening at this point in the show? Probably not, but it, it all depends on the I Honestly, I like Patrick. He's going to be a great wrestler. I, I, I truly believe that, that he has everything it takes to be a very good wrestler in this business and make it far in this business. Uh, as far as being on the show, I don't know if he added that much to it. Huh. Interesting. Well, but, it, you know, it went back to my thing where I was saying before. It's more a reality, more a reality show than it is a yeah, wrestling and, and, and competition he, you show. Know, what, what his role was, he was the wrestling guy, so he was yelling at everybody else that they don't care enough about wrestling. Which, which is fine, and, and it provided entertainment early, but then eventually, you know, it caused the fans to kind of turn on him because eventually his whole cut was, I'm yelling at you about not caring about wrestling that much, and it came off as cocky, conceited, and, you know, it seemed like he just had this massive ego, and that's what caused him to get voted off. So I just, I, you know, as far as what he did for the show, I don't know if he did, again, just for as a viewer, I don't know if he did that much for it. Okay. As a wrestler, I think he's going to be great. Okay. All right. Very good. And, and I, I wish him the best. That's our uh, quick count for the week. Now, let's wrap up the show by doing a traditional top five. How about that? It's been a few weeks since we've done this. We used to do this every week, and then we just realized we were doing it too often, and it was redundant. The top five things we genuinely enjoy about WWE programming right now. That's the concept. Yep. We run from five to one. These are just things. We, we do a lot of bitching during the course of the show. Um, but when we're not bitching, there are things that we, you know, like actually like. And so we like to point out that there are a few things that, you know, we actually like. And that's what we do in the top five. Aaron, if you would, please, number five on your list. Uh, my number five, you know, we, we talk a lot about the whether Undertaker should be coming back, how good this is for the future. Uh, just the brawl segment, though. I love so the funny. way they did That's the, my number five. Yeah, I love the way they did the brawl segment. I thought... I, one of the things I loved, and it's the first time I can remember them doing this. So, you know, they do the normal thing where the, all the roster comes out and pushes them back into the corner. Brock Lesnar goes outside of the ring, runs around the ring to get to the opposite corner to get at The Undertaker. I don't remember anyone ever doing that before, but it made so much sense, and it was great. And then, you know, they take it back. It's a two-segment brawl. Pretty much never. Or yeah, I kind of wish they would have never ended it. Like, I kind of wish the brawl would have continued throughout the, the course of the show. I mean, do they have the worst direction? Like, if, if you're separating people in a brawl, why are you bringing them to the same backstage area? I just for a function was like, wow, hmm, they might have That's tried fair. to rethink that. And yeah. just everything about it, our, our truth being the voice of reason there, yelling at Brock. Uh, I, I love the brawl segment. I, I think that the brawl segment. When effective is very good, and I thought it was effective. Uh, I, I thought it was as well. Um, all right, so we, it was number five for both of us. My number four is Lana Ray. I am so in on Summer Ray cosplaying as Lana. It one obviously they're both you know gorgeous. They're both incredibly attractive, and the 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 suit with short skirt combination is pretty much a good look for anyone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure that Aaron could pull that one off. Well, um, well yeah, you don't really have the legs for it. Um, two, it without Dolph there, it, it continues a storyline that still exists that we believe is setting up ultimately to Rusev and Dolph at um, SummerSlam. But without Dolph there, it's, it's, an, it's a thing. It's not being shoved down our throats like those awful segments with Dolph and Lana, it, you've actually improved the feud, and it spices in something that's – it's just sort of weird, right? Like there's yeah. no logical – it's weird. I'd say it's not logical. It's not illogical either that there's some sort of obsession involved with this. Right. Like it works for me. I'm, I'm in on Lana Ray. That, that was my uh, number three actually. It was ah. just that whole backstage – especially the back – I love the backstage. The stuff in the ring right. was, was good. But, and Summer 
during the match, if you know, she's doing so much more as a manager than maybe she had done in the past yep. with Bandango with yep. anybody else. She's developing into a very competent valet, and they need more of those. I'm with you. And, yeah, just everything about that is really, really good. Uh, my number four is kind of the uh, diva scene. Okay, because my number three is Charlotte. Okay, I, I was actually – my focus was going to be Sasha over Charlotte. Okay. But, yeah, well, we'll talk about this together. Um, I don't think what they're doing is perfect right now. I still have my hesitations. I'm concerned that uh, Becky is getting a little bit left behind everybody else. She, you know, she's the one who's – you know, if you're power ranking all nine women involved, she's probably like seventh right now as far as, you know, she's not getting necessarily all the matches. She's not getting a lot of the focus. But uh, just the fact that we're seeing Sasha wrestle, we're seeing Charlotte wrestle, and wrestle at a pretty high level – uh, on the main roster is great. Uh, yeah. I mean, I look, I like I like the idea of them saying, I think they've made it clear that Charlotte's their star, and I kind of like that because without AJ, they've kind of forced Nikki as the star, but the the problem is because Nikki has a twin sister that she's always been working with, it's, it's hard to identify as the single, and I think it's very clear, within three years, this will be Charlotte's division. Yes. And I don't think there's any problem with that. I like it. I think it's a good thing. I think that Paige provides her a pretty good foil for that in the next couple of years. I think that sets up really well. I like how hard they're pushing Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think Charlotte's necessarily the best of all. Becky is personally my favorite right. of them. But she is clearly, she has the, you know, she looks different than everybody. She's more athletic than everybody. She is, as I've been saying in the past, the female Brock Lesnar and someone you can really push as just a game changer in the Divas division. My number two, it's, I know they didn't have a good night Monday night, but I'm still all for it. Give me as much New Day and primetime players as I can possibly get. It's the two of them combined. It's my number one. It's yeah. your number one? Yeah. Okay, so what's your number two? Uh, uh, Luke Harper going back with oh, Okay, Wyatt. all right. I, but go, but I'll, I'll just get into that now since I guess yeah. that's, that's the number two. Uh, you know, WWE has this thing where they're very hesitant to admit they made a mistake. They will go out of their way to not make That's a simple true. rectifying of a situation. And, you know, it took them way too long for them to do this, but they finally did. They finally were like, fine, you know what? These two are better together. Bray Wyatt desperately, he's a cult leader without a cult. You can't have a cult leader without a cult. Yep. Or his character is meaningless. We are going to rectify the situation. And, you know, I'm not... I'm interested in who, what else is coming from this because I do not believe that. Yeah, the, this is the end of it. The, the match at SummerSlam is going to be those two against Reigns and Amber. So I'm interested with Harper on the shelf. I'm interested to see where they're going with it. But um, I'm wait, Harper? You mean Rowan? Yeah, sorry, yeah. With Rowan on the shelf, who's the third member? If there is a third member, I'm interested to see where they go with that. But just the idea of them saying, "Okay, I made a mistake here." Uh, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm happy to see those two together because those two are great and they're even better together. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I like it. It didn't make my list, but I like it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, as I was saying about primetime players in New Day, they're just, they're awesome. They're, they're, everything about it is awesome. Look, Monday was weird. I didn't like having the luchadors get a pin, but whatever. I can That's sort of, weird. it was really weird, but I can move past it because they're so good. And Xavier Woods is awesome. I mean, I, I had Xavier specifically. Yeah, he is. Awesome. Oh, He's tremendous. He, we, I, uh, I had taken a friend to Raw a few weeks ago. I had never seen right. wrestling before. And he's actually started to watch yeah, it a more now. But he, he texts me on Monday and he's like, who's this guy who's on the microphone right now? Because he's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's, he's really great. Uh, my number one is Cesaro. I'm really happy to see, see Cesaro in the mix again. I'm, it makes me so goddamn happy. I freaking love Antonio Cesaro. 
I love him. And I want him doing things that matter. Now, is it going to be Kevin Owens and Cesaro? Is it gonna, I assume so. I don't know that that's what I love for Kevin Owens. That feels like a step back. But I love them being doing – I love Cesaro doing things that matter. I just love that concept because he kicks ass. Everything about Cesaro is great. He's He was great in this match. I hate, you know, John Cena being the one to, let's do the spin. I, I hate that. Get away from that. But just anything that involves Cesaro being important – that's a big win for me. Cesaro's number one on my list. All right. All right. Very good. Thanks to um, Roderick Strong from Ring of Honor. Thanks to Virgil for joining us on this week's show. Please continue to spread the word about the show. Tell your friends. Uh, send it out. Link it out on uh, your social media. We appreciate it. You can always reach us via email. It is jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Aaron, you are on Twitter where? D.A. Oster. And what's coming up at the Rolling Stone in Baltimore Sun? Oh, boy, that's a very good question. Oh, more more Raw recaps. Actually, I have an interview. More Justin Bieber, probably. More Justin Bieber. I, do, I don't know when exactly it's going to run in Rolling Stone. It might be next week. Uh, I will be probably interviewing Trent Beretta Ooh. at the Ring of Honor show. He's, All right. He's killing it over in New Japan right now, so I will be interviewing. And I'm going to ask him why... The Dude Busters used the uh, Bittersweet Symphony ripoff as their theme in WWF or WWE. Huh. That's one thing I, I've been huh. always wondering about. I hadn't about. thought about that, but all right. All right, very good. Um, so, yeah, follow him on Twitter and, and check out that stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. You can always go to glennclarkradio.com as well. Thanks to WrestleCrate for making it happen for us each and every week. WrestleCrate.com and use that code JO sent me to get 10% off your monthly package. We will talk to you next week. Have a great week. For Aaron, I'm Glenn. This has been Jobbing Out.